When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Look at this. Here we are again. This is becoming a weekly thing for me now. I put the podcast up the night before. It's Tuesday, the 4th of October. It's quarter to eight. The kids are downstairs making loads of noise. And I suddenly had a panic attack because I realized I hadn't actually put the podcast up. Anyway, I have now, clearly, because you're listening to it. Hello. Welcome back to My Mate Bought a Toaster. Uh, today's guest, oh, I love this guy, Jay Rayner. Uh, I interviewed him down at Soho Radio. Fabulous, fabulous studios. If you're looking for podcast studios, can I recommend Soho Radio? And they didn't even give me a discount. That's just me being nice. Anyway, we had a great time. Um, he is uh, someone who I met years ago when I acted on a trailer he made for one of his previous books. If you've got a minute and you want to fall into a YouTube hole, see if you can find it. Um, and I loved him then because he's just so... Uh, he's very just a very forthright man. Of course, he's he's a restaurant critic, and he knows what he likes. He knows what he knows, and he happens to know loads. And he happens to talk about a huge variety of topics, which he does today. And uh, yeah, that's it, really. It's Jay Rayner. Here we go then into his Amazon purchase history on my mate bought a toaster. And as you can tell from this, I was nervous from the start. Is that genuinely what I do? Because I know there's going to be a puh. Yeah. Oh, I. Th- Thank you, Jake. Thank you, thank you. I thought they were just interested in my breakfast. We've already learned something and the podcast has only just started. We've done the sound check. I've just shared with the fabulous uh, food writer, Jay Rayner, what I had for breakfast. And Jay, I felt nervous doing it. Did talking you? Talking about food with you here. No, no. Even though it was only a sound check, I felt nervous. And you know, actually wasn't nervous. I was trying to impress you by saying I had peanut butter and banana. Well, I also had peanut butter on toast. Mm. Um, and it was very sort of, you know, supermarket bread. What do you want from me? You, yeah. you want me to have basically cultured my own bread from the yeasts from my own navel. <laughs> you can get cheese done that way. Can you actually? Yeah, but don't. Oh, that's unbelievable. It's not only unbelievable, it's unpleasant. Oh, my God. So, hang on. So, they use the actual, the, the natural yeast of a yeast infection There was can somebody who, um, uh, she cultured yeasts from various intimate orifices to make a point. I mean, I, I want to be careful here. Wow. I'm not sure what her point was, but no. uh, good for her. That's Good for amazing. her. Vagina cheese is probably yeah. What that, we're in. That's a heck of a start. Oh, 
That's a heck of a start. I right don't know. There. I think you could turn that into a main course. Oh, I, oh, mean, I see. It's start to a podcast. Th- there you go. Sorry. Yeah. No. Okay. I thought, I thought <laughs> no. we were talking in meal terms. No, obviously that would be in a moose bridge. Yeah. This is my mate bought a toaster, and uh, we're sort of talking about toast, so it's kind of on theme already. Uh, Tom Price here with you as ever, and I'm joined this week by the wonderful Jay Rayner. Jay, thank you for doing my mate bought a toaster. I'm I'm absolutely honoured to be here. Uh, listen, can I, first of all, this is an odd start. Before we dive into your Amazon purchase history, yeah. uh, which I'm looking at as we speak, I'm going to do something. I've never done this before on the show because to explain to the listener what happened, last time we were meant to record this a week or so ago, and I got Oh, yeah, and you, stuck, claim, you claimed that your dog was ill. I got stuck in a... I literally had to use the excuse, yeah. m- my dog ate my yeah. journey into town. I it, was, it was true. She wasn't ill, but she was having her first vaccination. I was hanging around in a cafe in Soho oh, for an don't hour... Me, don't when that came in, I, went, oh. Oh, I, was so, I was so stuck. I was so stuck. I had my puppy. We had to get her first jab, and mm. the dog in front of us had kennel cough. So they had to empty the vets, yeah. clean the. Anyway, listen, yeah. you don't need to know the fictional story yeah. that I'm, I'm spinning here. Just it, don't mistake me for someone who cares. It is true. Okay. But what I've done, I've bought you a small gift to say sorry. Oh, right. okay. So, yeah, now no, you feel guilty oh, for that. Tom, I'm, so, listen, I'm Jay, touched. I'm going to open the show by giving you a gift just to soften you up nicely. All right. So, for a start, there's weight here, and um, it's. It's a bottle. Yes. I didn't get where I am today without being able to recognise a bottle. I'm mm-hmm. going to put my glasses back on so Good. I can unwrap the tissue paper. That's lovely. To have a look at Tom of Finland vodka. I just thought. That's beautiful. I saw it and I thought of me. Yeah. And then and I, I thought I'm of looking you. at you there and you I'm go. looking at me. Yeah. And we're two <laughs> chaps who've managed to find women willing to marry them, but we're exchanging Tom of Finland vodka, which... I think tells the listener all they need that's to know. That's all you need to know. So that's listen, all you need to know. If at any point... That's the tissue the, oh, paper lovely. going back there into it the goes. bag. Uh, he's actually saving the tissue paper, guys. That will be in a gift bag. If you get a present <laughs> well, from Jay Rayner and it's got blue tissue paper in it, that's from me, okay? I mean, I am seeing a sort of, you know, Tom of Finland, then you can use the tissue paper. To... I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, oh I, I hadn't really gone No, there, I but didn't think fine. you had. Um, wow, we've really started with intimate intimate chat on the... Well, I wasn't the today. person who gave me the Tom of Finland vodka, If Tom. at any point yeah. we get too near the knuckle... Yeah. on the show. Just open the Tom of Finland vodka and you crack on, okay? Yeah. All right. So, uh, let's do this, Jay Rayner. We are going to go back to 2012 and you bought an item, right, on tw- 20, the 1st of April. So, it should very quickly be added. This is April Fool's Day. Yeah. I think that's coincidental, actually. I don't know. You bought a book called Jay Rayner. This is extraordinary. This is by Adam Cornelius Burt and the book is called Jay Rayner. I, um... I'm unashamed in my own abilities to search for interesting stuff about myself. I'm a writer. We sit at our desk. That's essentially what I am. Yeah. I sit at my desk at home uh, looking for things to do which are not writing. Um, <laughs> and eventually that will come down to Googling oneself, yeah. having a look and seeing what's available on eBay that you might have signed at some point. <laughs> there are a few bits oh. of that. And then I came across this and I was utterly baffled. Because I think it was a 64-page book, no longer still available on Amazon. I've, I've clicked through and there's nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing so there. I, you can now really spin any yarn. No, I can tell you exactly what it is. And I thought, what, there's, there's a book of, of me? <laughs> so I, I ordered it and discovered uh, there, were, there were a lot of them. You can find them online. It is basically print-on-demand collection of Wikipedia articles no. uh, and stuff which has nothing to do with you. Is it? Hang on. Is there any article about Jay Rayner in there? Well, there's my Wikipedia entry. I have one. Yes. Okay. Uh, and a couple of other things about me that may have been. It's basically stuff collated from all over the internet, 
printed out and, and published in book form. Very, very weird. Very weird. But also what I quite like about this is something which really bothers me when I go and watch, uh, you know, you are a writer. You are you are scribing on the cave walls. And I go, I went, uh, the last few nights I've been to see my favourite band, The Divine Comedy, five nights in a row at the Barbican. And uh, just watching this man, Neil Hannon, who's written all these songs and he's left his mark. And I think, God, I'm just doing a podcast where I waffle like this sentence just before. And what I like about this is a computer algorithm has created Joe Rain in the book without you really having to do anything. I, well, that would sound like a good thing were it not for the fact that I obviously am not getting any royalties. And I'm... <laughs> I, all about the royalties. Well, you know, this is, this is sold on my name. There's another one. Uh, can I tell you, you know, jump ahead to another one that you will find sure. in there, which was um, a, a book called What Would Jay Rayner Do? No. And I, you know, I, I didn't get this, to be fair. Uh, my wife, Pat, bought this for, she put it in, in a Christmas stocking one year, and it is a blank notebook. <laughs> uh, why it's got my name on the cover, I have no idea, but I think you might find out. If you search Amazon, you can find the weirdest on-demand thing. It's amazing. So this is the sort of print-on-demand thing, isn't it? This is what happens. Yeah. And there's a lot of this stuff on Amazon, and yes. we, we assume that the only things that make it into the, the marketplace of Amazon uh, are things that would be available to buy in it, 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 offline. Yes. But yes. actually, no, I think there's a whole category of things yeah. that, um, and all of them have my name on them, uh, or <laughs> my face. Do, do you enjoy, how do you, uh, tell me about the, let's have a dip into the, the ego of Jay Rayner, the food writer. <laughs> dip because in. We, have, exactly. <laughs> to the hidden depths. Let's, um, this is just a little pot of delicious hummus on the side. Yeah. And I just want to, what, what, you know, how... How much of an egomaniac are you? Because as a stand-up for me, for example, as an actor, it's 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 baked in, right? To use a food analogy, that I am a. I, I think two things. The first one. So, am I allowed to quickly say what my portfolio career is? All the elements. Do it. So obviously, I am a writer, and yeah. I'm a writer first, second, third, and ninth. And if everything else fell apart, that is what I would be doing. Mm. But I also perform one-man shows. I'm a jazz pianist in a jazz quartet. I have a podcast called Out to Lunch. Uh, I do a Radio 4 show called The Kitchen Cabinet for BBC. And I do TV from, you know, do MasterChef. So there's a lot of forward-facing stuff. Mm. And there are two things to say. One is you can't do all of that sort of stuff unless you enjoy being in front of an audience. Mm. Someone who doesn't enjoy being in front of why are you doing that? Mm. Um, and the other one is I think a certain amount of ego is necessary to do it well. Mm. Um, Which bits particularly do you think the ego kicks in for? Just all of it, the showing off. Vibe. Well, just the desire. F there's a sociopathic element mm. to it, which is you want the audience to like you or to enjoy the experience of being with you. Yes. Um, in whatever form that takes. Mm. And so you will do whatever you need to do to make sure they've had a good time. Yes. Um, the other thing that has to be said is nobody's making me do any of those things. So if I didn't like it, I could stop. Mm. You know, so it does happen from time to time. People will say, can I have a picture with you? Oh, you must hate it when this happens. <laughs> to which I always say, no. I... Because if I did hate it, I could get off the telly at any... I don't do very much. I only do one programme, really. Yes, but it's quite a big one. Yeah, quite it's really a big clever. EJ. If yeah. you want people to think you're famous and do very little <laughs> television, because don't much enjoy television, uh, do MasterChef. Why don't you much enjoy television? Because I did seven years of the fucking one show. <laughs> uh, because I, I did factual TV for, for the one show and I hated the process. I hated the process yeah. of documentary television. I, I actually like studio-based stuff. That's great. Mm -hmm. Put me behind a desk. I keep going uh, to my agent, get me another game show. I've done Well, you've done Pointless three times. <laughs> oh, really? 
done mastermind twice <laughs> can't do can it I again do, can i do the chase again that was great <laughs> um i love a game show i'd love to listen in on a jay rayner agent conversation just you listing off things oh come on <laughs> oh, come on please i want to do oh, the chase look, grace dent did it why can't i doesn't the doctor need a new companion yeah, please yeah, yeah. if they use john bishop i could do it um, <laughs> So, so, uh, and I'm really interested in this, and I completely agree with it because I feel the same way. And the very few handful of times when people have recognised me for whatever, I absolutely, it's, it's adorable. It's I love it. But you get a lot of comics, especially, and actors who are like, oh, geez, oof, oof. and I'm always well, like, get off the stage then. I mean, what, what, I, I, honestly, I mean, I, I suppose a stand-up or an actor can say, all I want is to do the craft in front of the live audience at the time. I want none of it outside the door. Mm. But the fact is, you are only getting those gigs and getting those parts in those shows because producers or venues believe that an audience will like what you have and that extends outside the door yes and if you're not accepting of that i think you're being extremely precious yes i mean i'm not saying i'm always nice i I, I was stopped uh literally only yesterday as we're recording um but it'd be weird if whenever you're listening to this it was yesterday as well (laughs) i was stopped at paddington station by someone who said can i have a photograph with you and I, i had a a bacon sandwich in my mouth and I had crumbs down my front and oh, I was running for the it. full milliband. And, and I, the full milliband. And I did say, do you mind if we don't? Ah. And how I did said, that... She went, oh, all right. Oh. I said, she said, I really like your style. I said, thank you. You're, 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 uh, I have a line. I have a, I'm not going to tell you what my line is. Maybe I am. Go on. For, but, for well, head... my line is, you, you clearly have impeccable taste. Yeah, good, good, good. Lovely. Yeah, lovely. You know. But you're very recognisable, Jet, and you're a big guy. You're just like this sort of food critic Oscar Wilde walking around. <laughs> Come on, look at the, lo- the long flowing Yeah, the other, the other gag is, ooh, hasn't Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen let himself <laughs> go? <laughs> Find us on Twitter and Instagram. March 2020. I mean, nothing much going on in the world on the 23rd of March 2020. Oh, can I guess? So, well, yes. Yeah, so there's there's two things bought on the 23rd of March 2020. Is one of them um, a step block? Body and mind aerobic stepping board, elite three step stepper step bench with anti with free anti slip mat. The word step appearing a lot there. People bought some steps, mate. Yeah, people will find this a bit odd, and they they genuinely do. But I have a, a highly developed cardiovascular gym habit. I'm in the gym four to five times a week. Uh, it was the cross trainer. Yeah. I could do. 45 minutes on one of those they're they're amazing until i maxed it out completely i'd got to level 25 and it really wasn't touching the sides anymore these days and and certainly at this point um do you know those staircases to nowhere that Mm -hmm. just keep rolling Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's it's like it's it's a staircase of four steps Uh, and it gets going and it moves and you set the speed and i I promise you it's monstrous and does it tell you how many flights of Oh, it does tell you that. stories you've done. Uh, uh, you know, how many, you know, uh, 150 stories oh, of a building. You've I done can, a shard. I can do, actually, interestingly, I think there's been a drop-off, but I, I could do 35, 36 minutes of that. What? Um, Are you serious? And uh, my calorie burn, because it's built on an algorithm, I love this, because it's built on an algorithm to do with your weight to start off with. Ah. Uh, I can burn monstrous amounts according to these machines. I don't know if it's actually accurate if you put your weight in it it's accurate it's like you know 100 1100 calorie burn in a workout that's, that's nearly a meal it's nearly a whole meal isn't well, it? well that's the idea i mean um so 
once lockdown hit, as mm. lockdown was happening, I went into a panic and I tried to buy a, a cross trainer mm-hmm. um, and some kind of semi-permanent building for, for, for the garden. Yes. And I failed dismally. Hang on, you tried to buy a building for the garden as well? Well, I, I wanted some semi-permanent shed. structure, yeah, yes. whatever, to put the bloody thing in. Yes. Because I was, uh, it was interesting that Pat other half was saying already, you're not good. You're, you're you're suffering by not being able to go. Mm, mm. Um, and so at some point, I went, Jesus, I'm going to have to come up with some step routine. Mm. And I used the stairs. In your house or in, these things? I used the stairs, first of all, and it was just hot and sweaty. And so it I bought... It sounded sort of like a toddler having a tantrum. I mean, it was... <laughs> the only time when it's okay to hit the desk yeah, in a radio fine. broadcast. Telling a story, guys. Telling a story. Um, Painting a picture. And then I bought the step block. And I did use it three, four, five times a week. Right. Out in the back garden. Didn't um, really do the thing. Well, I'm fascinated by a... you, uh, you you telling me about your cardiovascular fitness. Mm. <laughs> because I don't think of you as, uh, like, were you sporty as a kid? Not really. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I am a, you know, I run to size. I'm You're a right. big man. Uh, people go, oh, look what that job's done to you. Well, up to a point. <laughs> I'd always be this size. Yes. Regardless of whether I'd been a restaurant critic or not. Yes. Um, but I I find it very meditative um, because I just focus on the numbers. Every now and then I've had a personal trainer, which I've hated. I cannot I, abide having someone with me when I'm doing exercise. No, I just I just want to plug something into my ears. I want to plug a podcast by Tom Price into my ears. Thank you. And just listen and watch the numbers mm. and calculate how many minutes have I got to go. I come up with, I salami slice my workouts. Mm. Um, I'm switched off. Do you, do you back away from your inner monologue nicely when you're doing those things? Up to a point, yeah. I think I do. I mean, shall, I, shall I make a terrible confession? Yes. Um, uh, the one thing that makes them go pretty quickly is listening to myself. If I've got episodes <laughs> of the kitchen cabinet to listen to, there's a or, theme to this podcast. Or I, love I want it. to listen to. I have to do an uh, an edit listen to an episode of Out to Lunch. You have to listen to that. Yeah, I have to listen yeah, to yeah, it, yeah, yeah. so I might as well do it then. And it does seem to make it go a bit quicker if I'm listening to myself. Do you when you listen? I am appalling. Yeah, yeah. This is what we're learning. This is great. Mm, an insight. appalling human course, being. Of course you are. I find listening back to the podcast uh, agonizing, uh, but often the the big surprise I get is when there's been a gap between recording and editing, is uh, when I'm like, oh, this is all right. This is quite good. You know, you get that real pleasure, don't you? So I guess with writing, right? When you do you ever read back your old uh, your old articles and stuff? And um, like, I've had cause to do it because I've done a couple of compilations of of stuff, oh, and I've had okay. to look at them. Going, it's all right. Yeah. The, the the stuff that's most sort of problematic is from those very early years of my career, in my early twenties, when I was getting going. And I was, as a food critic, or just uh, a, no, I didn't just become a a, I didn't become a food critic. I didn't become a restaurant critic until my thirties. Ah. And prior to that, I wrote about everything. I, I've done every you, you name it. The only thing I haven't written about is sport. But even then. I once covered the All Amateur Natural Bodybuilding Championships. The people who, you know, paint themselves orange and look like condoms full of walnuts. But I, I mean, I, very serious stuff, lots of intelligence services stuff, lots of police crime, mm. done courts, politics, you know, I've done it. So um, that was during your 20s? 20s into my... Th- and actually, you know, in a way, you can still see elements of that feature writing and reporting. Yeah. There's always... So I'm going to do this. There's always a notebook in my back pocket. Oh, yeah, hello. There she is. Yeah, uh, I see her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always one. Uh, for, uh, for the record, uh, small red moleskin. It like is a, a small red moleskin, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice, nice. 
Um, wow. Okay. So hang on. So you're so journalizing during your twenties, and so that was always the thing, was it? It was always wanting to be a journalist. I was always yeah. I, I am. I till the age of fourteen thought I wanted to be an actor. My dad had been an actor. He was part of Anthony Quayle's first company at Stratford in the fifties, and wow. was in um, the first series of Tony Hancock's TV. What? So, but unfortunately, never recorded. It was all live. Oh, okay. Um, he he was a struggling actor, but so theatre was a very big thing. And my mother also adored the theatre and collected famous people and took us backstage. I'd been backstage at every West End theatre by the time I was ten. What? Oh yeah, no, and, and I thought, all right, I'm going to be an actor. And then I realised that an ability to remember lines and show off was not the same as being an actor. <laughs> Brackets. Not all people in the profession ever realise that. Um, Speaking. <laughs> at, that, at that point, Claire was my mother, Claire Rayner, who was a journalist, broadcaster, sex advice columnist, all these things. Yep. We, it, she'd get four newspapers into the house every day because really she was a newspaper woman. Mm. And I started reading them. I think I had the Daily Mail, and there was a column in there called Dermot Pergavis America. Uh, which was, he was clearly the US-based correspondent and he'd put together a column of gossip and news and fancy that. Yeah. And I just thought, it's fantastic. And so pretty much 14, 15, I'd said, I'm going to be a journalist. I what was it that you liked about it? It was like the wit, funny, the, the comedy it of was it? The, I, the thing that struck me was that to write about these things, you had to have seen them. Yeah. And that made life seem interesting. Yes. I chose my university, Leeds, specifically because it had one of the very biggest student newspapers in the country and the editorship was a full-time job to which you had to be elected by a cross-campus ballot. And I had it in my head that if I went there and got elected by students, I could never be accused of where I've got to in journalism through nepotism. No. That didn't fucking work. <laughs> but... So did you, I, hang on, did you attempt to get elected? And, and... Oh, no, 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 I did get elected. Oh, fine. Oh, I, well, okay. that was my first job. Nepotism came later. I was just, they still accused me of nepotism. No, oh. I, I, I put Leeds first and third on my UCCA form because oh, I was that keen. Wow. Got in, did a politics degree, did get the degree, um, but worked my way through the student paper, got myself elected editor, and that was my first job. Um, tell me back, so you mentioned Claire Rainey, your mum, very, very famous. What was that like? And do you feel like when, you know, you're a famous man as well now, do you think that's weird that famous suddenly become, somehow become your family trade here? Or is that just, do you not really think about it like that? I don't quite think of it in those terms. Mm. I am absolutely aware for anybody who's, you know, raising an eyebrow or that I am deep varnished in privilege. But the privilege is in two degrees. One, affluence. My parents were working class kids from the East End. Yeah. I was not. They they had money and that money was, you know, I bathed in it as a kid and that's great. But the real privilege was that a lot of jobs which to other people would seem unobtainable, yeah. being a... So in my mother's case, she was a broadcaster, a print journalist, a novelist, public figure. Yeah. My father were, had been an actor and was a painter, a very oh, fine painter, okay. and her agent uh, in the end. And all of these things that sort of look out there, to me, just seem like something you could do for a living. Yeah. That's really the benefit. The feasibility of, of it. It's the feasibility. Yes. You're, you, don't, you don't have to jump the divide that says, I can't do that because that's something that special people do. Mm. It's just the thing that 
people in my house did. And the, presumably with, with them being who they were, you know, you must get people coming to dinner who are oh, yeah, yeah. spectacular. I mean, and you're like, well, they're just people. They're just British yeah, people. They're just people. And, yeah. you know, I knew all these people. Yeah. I, I could give a long explanation as to how I got into newspapers and it was not through my mother's connections. No. And it's true, it's not. But um, even if it was and you were rubbish, you would, it, yeah. that would have been the end of it. So, so of course, well, yeah. It doesn't really matter. She's been dead 12 years. Mm. It took me 25 years to come up with the line that I now use, which is, you know, I still get accused of nepotism, though. Why having a mother who was an expert on premature ejaculation should get me a job on MasterChef? I do not know. It's a good line, and I've used it many times, and I will continue using it. <laughs> but do enjoy the bechamel sauce. Yeah. We like to listen to toast, and we're not the kind who would boast. And even in spite of the host, we still like to listen to toast. La, 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 la. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It is my mate bought a toaster. Let's keep moving on through now, uh, Jay Rayner. Uh, we have got here, we're in we're in lockdown here. So uh, March, still March 2020. Uh, on the same day you bought the uh, stepping board, step, step, stepping, step, 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 steppy bench. Uh, you also bought a classic high yield original ink cartridge. Oh, it's high yield. That is a like oh, you're harvesting ink here. Uh, yeah, well, I think the the main thing we should discuss here. Yes, I have a, an HP printer, mm. um, which is the racket that is uh, ink cartridges for printers. It's oh, shocking. My God, it is ridiculous. It is the it, prices they charge for these things. Yeah. and 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 every now and then someone comes in and says they're going to you know subvert the market and come up with a cheaper version. Mm. I've tried buying the cheaper versions; they're crap. They're crap. That's the problem. And this is what drives me. And, out. The, and the printers are really cheap, so they get you. It's like a drug dealer giving you a free bit to start you off. Here's a free bit of scag, and then before you know it, you're on it constantly. You sound like you know too much. Yes, about that. <laughs> I'm also just very angry about that. But it's true, isn't it? It's a complete set up and yep. you cannot get the cheap stuff it's never as good amazon sells all the cheap stuff and it has a sort of it, it it doesn't go on the on the paper quite as well i mean i suppose the interesting question is in the modern age what am i printing that is where i was going next thank you so thank you for teeing up your own questions i'm gonna nip for a week <laughs> right. if you could just ask yourself a few more questions um there are two things that when i am writing books mm. eventually that has to be printed out i i, I can edit only so far on screen uh, yeah. red, pen, I, red pen on the side? Oh, or? Black pen. I mean, I don't really care about the colour of the pen because oh. you're going to be able to tell it's handwritten. The other thing is, uh, Pat is, she is an editor. She's an academic editor now, but she's worked in many presses. So this is your wife, Pat. This is my yes. wife. Yeah. Um, and so only on books, not on journalism, but on books, she is required. I shove it towards her and say, you have to do the first line edit. Oh. 
what? So does she? But does she get involved in if it's a novel? Interestingly, we 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 at various times it's worked out fine, and at other times it, it's gone really badly. Mm. There was one book that I was just getting so absolutely wrong, and she refused. It said I haven't got around to it. I haven't got around to it. I haven't got until she would suddenly burst into tears. So I said, "What's wrong?" She said, "It's shit." <laughs> I didn't know how to tell you. I didn't know how to tell you. Oh, no. And I went, okay. That's fine. That's so, fine. So you're having to apologise to her at this point for your book being shit. I know, which is quite reasonable. Which book was that? I think, I mean, I, I got it right in the end. Um, it is the book that I would never read, which is, it's called Stardust Falling, published in 2002, I want to say. Mm. And it's about a plane that crashed in the Andes and nobody ate each other. I add that second line because everybody really, the moment they hear about a plane crash in the end is all they want is cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. There'd been even a touch of cannibalism, the book might have sold a bit better. <laughs> it was a very good story. It was about, um, it, just after the Second World War, uh, a bunch of Lancaster bombers were repurposed as what were called Lancastrians. They were the first longer haul services, but they had to hop. So to get mm-hmm. to South America, you'd go... London to the south of France, south of France into North Africa, North Africa onto the bulgy bit of Africa. Like a stopping and, service. And, and then you'd plane, fly over yeah. to Recife in Brazil. Yes. And this pati- um, and, and this airline, it was called British South American Airways, was given to the former uh, director of the Pathfinders in Bomber Command who decided he knew exactly how to run an airline. Staffed it full of all his old Pathfinder pilots and created the most dangerous airline in the Western world. <laughs> They killed one passenger for every 385 they flew. No. Endless crashes. And the most famous was the Stardust, which disappeared over the Andes in August 1947. And uh, it became legendary because it it became a bit of a a UFO freak story because the last message from the Morse code hand was Stendek and nobody knew what that meant. Um, Anyway, in 2000... Uh, bits of the plane and body parts started emerging out of a glacier on Mount Topangatu in the Andes. Wow. And that created a rush by various wings of the Argentinian military, yeah. desperate to prove their prowess to the British. Yeah. It was a kind of wash-up from the Falklands, Falklands War yeah, yeah, yeah. to see who could get to the site of this. How have you fucked this book up? Because this is amazing. This no, pitch is I incredible. Didn't fa- I didn't fuck the book Well, up. your wife is wrong because th- this is not shit. No, 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 no. It's, okay. I got it right okay. because with, with her good hand telling me that I got it wrong. Okay. And I, 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 I rewrote it in the way that it needs to be and there's very nice reviews and it was very well regarded yeah. and all of that. Uh, and anyway, so I tell the front story but I also tell the story of every single person who was on the plane all nine of them, I, and I of, of Donald Bennett, the madman who ran the airline and what happened to him. I went into the archives. I got cabinet office folders declassified 30 years ahead of time. No. By saying, look, everybody's dead. And I, can I, I? Can I? And they did, to their credit. That was at a point when actually they looked upon these things and went, yeah, that's a reasonable I just, I'm sorry, but I love the idea that him off of MasterChef, Jay Rayner, is at the cabinet office or whatever saying, sorry, can we get these declassified? Is that Jay Rayner? Yeah, the one show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he wants me to uh, let some secrets I think it the was bag. pre the one show. It has to be said and pre Marshall. But, but and that's, a, I mean, you know, proper old hack. Uh, and it is a great book. And I'm proud of it. But I can't imagine ever reading it again. And the weird thing is it acquired a whole collection of fans I had no interest in. They would right. constantly send me letters saying... As an old Morse code hand, I've worked out Stendek. You think, 
I really don't give a fuck. Don't care, mate. Of course. Don't care. <laughs> Just wrote the book. I'm, I'm moving on now. Um, and it, it's very sweet. There are a lot of big fans of this book. It's a, it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's got its own particular culture and, and group yeah. of people. I wrote it because at that point, I felt that as a, a long form feature writer, which is what I was, mm. I needed to have written one piece of long form nonfiction. And that's mm. that is it. Stardust falling. Um, I love the idea that you've uh, accidentally, with that book, fallen into a tribe of fans that you don't like or don't. Not their personal. Like. I don't no, 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 like no, no, them. It's just that that I, I don't share their interests. Yeah, yeah, I think there's something in that. I think there should be a show about someone who accidentally <laughs> writes a book about goes massive <laughs> and sort of stuck in it. Yeah. Um, and do you, you must be thrilled now that where you are positioned, where you positioned your career now, you've got. A massive interest in this stuff, right? Now we're with the food. Uh, uh, it's yeah. So I've written three works, uh, long form nonfiction around food, which sort of form a trilogy. Mm. And most of the time, there, there are certain people who write to me thinking they they found a, I call them napkin sniffers. <laughs> um, and they are besotted by tasting menus and high gastronomy and Michelin th- and they collect Michelin three stars and I would rather nail my own tongue to the floor than deal with any of that stuff Interesting. And, and I want to say look I'm not that guy I'm not you yes. please if that's your hobby and you've got the money for it off you go but don't try and drag me into your cult because nothing would I, 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 there are, the whole city of Liverpool as we speak hates me because I, I gave a less than positive review to a, a place that basically does tasting menus mm. and is somewhat well they've just introduced an a la carte and they're not very good at doing it and they don't really want to is the truth And so uh, the tasting menu to sort of enlighten us a bit more on this this is something I've only done once and I found it really weird <laughs> so it's when you get Tons and tons of food, loads of little different sort of dishes, but all presented with tremendous flourish and display and show. And it's not really eating, it's more theatre. Yeah, and and there's a place for that. Of course. And sometimes, you know, I've had experiences of it which have been fabulous. And I know that some of it is a kind of my diamond pumps are pinching element of I've been exposed to everything and now all I want is a nice plate of brilliant food. My diamond pumps are pinching. Is that yours? No, I but it's it. good. It's good, isn't it? Oh, but say you know, it's yours. That's yeah. delicious. I love that. Okay, good. Um, I've, I've been exposed to too much of everything. Yes. And so I, you know, oh, please, God, darling, don't make me sit through another 11 course taste. <laughs> but they are long and they're exhausting. And I get the sense, actually, that few chefs have ever sat down and eaten their 11-course tasting menus, mm. and know how exhausting it is. Mm. And they mm. come with a massive price tag. Now, uh, what's happened post-COVID is that a lot of restaurants with a bit more ambition than just wanting to be a bistro have gone tasting menu only mm. because, A, it limits what they have to cook of a night. They're yes. Not, and, and, B, they know exactly how much of it they have to cook. Yes, I see. And I see why they're doing it. So financially, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of a lot of sense. Mm. I totally get that. But it's not your jam. It's not my jam. No. What do you do? When you go and do your uh, sit-in restaurants and you you have to sit there and go through 12 courses, do you go by yourself? Or do you take some... Do, do you just take then. a random with you? So, my God, not, get not to be friends r- with Jay Rayner, guys. You're going to get the message saying, I'm, listen, I'm reviewing this. I, um, I think you'll appreciate this when I explain this. For a while, I had a particular uh, collection of mildly successful actors. You didn't want an overly successful actor because they're never available. <laughs> They're jumping from one, sure. you know, um, you know. I can think of a couple of people I know. There's no point calling them because they're going to be in LA. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yes. You don't want a tragically unsuccessful actor <laughs> because that's just depressing. 
It's oh, just God. depressing. He's never going to take me out for lunch. Yeah. Oh, God. You're, now you're busy. What you want is someone who's moderately successful is working their way between jobs. Yes. Um, because they uh, actually will have a bit of time yes. during the day, if it's a lunch, which it often can be, uh, to talk to you. Also, the moderately successful actor tends to be quite good at cooking. Mm. I've noticed this. Oh, actors love food. Actors are yeah. obsessed with yeah, food. Yeah, because dinner is an important part. It's the same with musicians, actually, which is why I think I've managed... Part of the reason I was able to develop the musical career I've got mm. is because a lot of musicians on the road care about their dinner, read restaurant reviews, and when they were first invited to let me sit in with them in various settings, went, oh, all right, I, yeah. I like his writing. Yeah. I'll give him a free pass. Yeah, um, yeah no, I have friends. Okay. Uh, okay. Good. That's scotched that rumour. Yeah, Straight off I the have bat friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I used to go quite a lot by myself, actually, particularly out of London ones. I always found eating by myself utterly devastating. My anxieties <laughs> just went through the roof. I couldn't bear it. I thought everyone was looking at me. I, thought, I remember really clearly when I was at school, I remember watching my favourite teacher, Mrs Lofagan, eat by herself one lunchtime, and I was nearly in tears with pity because I it looked so pathetic. And I, quite, I, I like, I mean, I travel a lot. I, I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, in the right place. But for a review, it's it's sort of not very helpful. Yeah. When people come with me, they are told a couple of things. Oh, yes, go on. So what, what's, the little, what's the little prep Well, talk? so the first thing is I need them there so I can order more dishes. Yes. If it's just me, I mean, I can overorder, but only you can only overorder to sort of one and a half person's food. Mm-hmm, you really mm-hmm. need two people and then to overorder slightly on two people to, yes. to get the, the spread. Oh. Then I have to tell them that I love them dearly and that's why they're here, but... I am not interested in what they think. <laughs> oh, God, that is a big faux pas. That I'm literally not interested because I'm the one who's writing the column, not them. Right. And that, therefore, <laughs> when the waiter comes around, as they invariably will, and say, how is everything? There is only one answer, and it is the ultimately passive-aggressive answer known to the parents of all adolescent boys, which is, fine. <laughs> you can say it in a kind of, fine, fine, fine. fine. Fine, thank you. Fine, thank you. Fine, uh, because if you do the very British thing yeah. of saying, thank you. Oh, "Amazing," that's going to come back and bite you in the ass, isn't it? If, he said it was amazing. He said yeah. he was enjoying it. His, his friend said it was fantastic. Yes. and I'm the one writing the column, not them. Yeah, this did result in a falling out between Pat, my wife, and I, who used to come on quite a lot of reviews, mm. and she uh, would refuse to play the game. And I go, no, this is actually a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. Yes. And then there was one particular review. And I'll say it was a restaurant that didn't really work at the Royal Academy. Um, and we went there and we had dinner and it was all, it was a bit, un- it just wasn't quite right. Um, and Pat had gone, oh, it's lovely, it's marvellous, thank you. Then we got in the, the cab. And she went, well, that was shit, wasn't it? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, now you know. Now. And she, uh, at that point, the penny dropped. She stopped coming on right, reviews. Right, 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 right. find other friends. Oh, 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 my days are so embarrassing. I don't remember buying all these silly little strange things. I swear on my life, I was forced by my wife with an ABBA pen knife that I bought on ABBA. Wait, wait a minute. Okay, listen, right, we've got to crack on. So, yeah. uh, Joe Rayner, 2020, lots of books. Let's have a quick little flit over the books, okay? okay. Because whilst we're not, this isn't really a book recommendation podcast. That's not really what we do. However, there's one here that I love. Jonathan Coe, one of my favourite authors, Mr. Wilder and Me. The fabulous, fabulous story um, about an assistant on a film set, basically. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite a short book as well. It's a short book and it's beautifully written and creating the character... of of the director, Billy Wilder, who uh, directed Some Like It Hot. And 
it's just beautifully done. Yeah. It really is. It's a sweet, sweet novel. Yes. yes. Um, am I allowed to say it doesn't really necessarily go anywhere, but it tells you the story of One Person's Summer. And it's yes. beautifully done. Yes, yes. Coe is a very, very fine novelist. He's one of our best. Yeah. Uh, Middle England's incredible. Um, and what a carve-up. What a carve-up. If you haven't read it, read it. It's Yeah, he really is. I just felt I, I wanted to just... To what a carve-up is not a small novel. That's a big, big, chunky novel. Yes, it is, And it's yes. a proper read and it's a, you know... He's a proper, proper brilliant guy, Jordan Coe. Okay, good. All right, we've done that. That's an important bit of business we had to uh, attend to. Um, All right, let's keep moving through now, Jay Rayner. We are into November 2020. Uh, We have got 100 modern jazz licks for piano. Lovely. (laughs) That was, I mean, I I, I loved the idea of buying that. So as a jazz pianist, which I've been, I've been, I've played the piano for over 40 years, Mm. and I now lead a sextet. and we play all over the place. Go to my website, jrena.co.uk, for tickets. See you there. Yeah. Um, I'm always looking to improve. And this particular book sounded like quite a sexy idea because I'm not very good at reading the dots. Um, and what this book does, it transcribes licks which were never meant to be written down. You know, Oscar Peterson's <sighs> Shapes and Forms. But the key thing is it comes with um, a digital download Right. Of every single one of them. So you slap that on your iPad. Yes, and you can both look at the notes, listen to it, mm. see the shape. And I thought, well, a little bit of rigor, and all I need to do, and then I will have. Uh, it's quite unjazzed. It's quite unjazzed. Like, it's, isn't actually, it? it's not. Oh right. There's enormous amounts of this go on, of people yeah. studying the shapes and forms of previous musicians. One of the classic. Uh, techniques of tuition in the jazz colleges, which I didn't do, but it is transcribing solos by the greats and learning by transcribing, you know what they're doing. Right. Um, I don't do that. No, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm really not, I can read a chart. I can read a top line, but I can't. Yeah. I mean, if you transcribe an Oscar Peterson, uh, look, it's just going to look like a black nosebleed on a sheet of paper because it's so, he, he, you know, he had so many fingers, uh, many more than 10, I'm sure, about four, 15, 17 fingers, and uh, all of them moving at enormous speed. Yeah. Uh, the honest truth is, I think I learned two or three of them before banging my head on my piano at well, home. And it's quite hard to focus for that long. As someone with ADHD, the idea of sitting there looking at this piano and having to, I mean, you've got, this, I, I failed miserably at piano as a kid because I couldn't, couldn't sit still. Um, it's funny, I was talking to somebody else who was talking about their ADHD and the issues it created on the piano. Oh. Um, and I think it's a very specific thing about splitting your hands as well. Yes. Um, and the requirement of that, which is, you know, it's a simple functional thing. There there are very functional things. There are friends of mine, there's a great pianist called Joe Webb. If you uh, go look him up on uh, YouTube and whatever, yeah. astonishing. Right. Um, and I often wonder what the facility that he has that I do not have. Mm. Uh, he's a lovely man. He's given me, you know, little bits of tuition here and there. But I'm always fascinated by that. Obviously, that's the only thing he, he does. Well, it's not the only thing, but that's what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. my line is that I am the best jazz pianist in Britain of all the judges on MasterChef. <laughs> Much better at this than William Sitwell. And that's fine. Have it. Have it. Uh, good is your mantra. Every night before he goes to bed, Joe Rayner says that to himself. Uh, look. November, December 2020, all sorts of bits and bobs. Uh, we've got some Lint Milk Lovers or a, a Lint Milk Lovers advent calendar. At what the do you s- think what's going on there? Then? I feel, I'm feeling sort of Christmas vibes here. Yeah. Um, and, and one child who doesn't like chocolate, so there's a cheese there's a advent, cheese advent calendar. calendar. Yeah, he didn't like that either. But um, <laughs> I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, it's a genius idea. I love that. Um, and then we have got, what's here? The Great 
British Sewing Bee, Sustainable Style Sewing I think that project. was a present for Pat, who is very much a sewer. Right, And okay. makes many of her own clothes. So, very nice. Yes, it's not not a sideline of mine. Okay. Uh, Madda Jaffrey, uh, an invitation to Indian uh, cooking. Uh, I can tell you what that was. Um, in early 21, so in early 20 when all the restaurants closed, I was the eunuch at the orgy. I was a restaurant critic without restaurants to review. Mm. And I wrote about 12 or 14 pieces which were generic looking at aspects of our eating out and food habits. Mm. When we got to the beginning of 21, it happened again. I was like, Christ, I can't do that again. And so I wrote a series, a very nicely received series, of pieces on 12 classic cookbooks and their role in our lives uh-huh. and what they taught us. Started with Gary Rhodes, yes. uh, New British Classics, Fuchsia Dunlops, Food of Sichuan, uh, Roast Chicken and Other Stories, Simon Hopkins and Nigella, How to Eat. And Maddo Jaffrey, I think that was possibly one of the earliest, um, uh, one of her cookbooks. The cookbook canon. Yeah. The kind of... And, but it was also what they taught us, what, why they were important, why did they impact... There, there, I mean, it was an interesting debate that would go on. Lots of people go, well, why is there no Marcella Hazan or whatever? Yeah. And you go, well, I, they didn't quite punch through. Yes, you know about them, but these are ones that really change things. And Maddo Jaffrey, when she turned up on British television, I think 1982, yeah. was a, really did change things. Yes. And I had to occasionally buy a couple of things. And I actually, interesting for the, for the Amazon story, all of those pieces propelled every single one of those books from uh, being down in the, you know, number 427,000 in the Amazon charts. Back up they went. uh, All of them went to the top 100 and quite a lot of them went to the top 10. No way. That's the power, isn't it? It's fantastic to be able to shine a light on these things and remind people of them. What's the sort of the top line then? We're running out of time, by the way. Um, The top line on people like, so why why did Madda Jeffrey punch through? What was the very quick sort of, if you can? Because she took the reader by the hand and said, Indian food does not have to be scary nice nice and okay so nigella what made her punch through what was her thing? uh nigella was a writer she she writes beautifully uh she wrote as the domestic cook um and she was non-doctrinaire and remains non-doctrinaire delia smith what made her punch through they work oh god i love this i want to do more i want to do more. jamie oliver why did he suddenly explode Search me. <laughs> or language. I think it was down to language. Um, I think it was down to a vernacular that worked. But that was somebody, because God knows he didn't write those. Um, listen, here's a really, really important book that I adored. And uh, uh, again, very short, uh, but very serious. Uh, 4th of February, 2021, uh, David Baddiel, Jews Don't Count. Very important book. Very good book. Very short book. Very funny as well. I mean, it's yeah. full of, I mean, obviously. Uh, he, he was making the point that when it came to the progressive left talking about racism, being Jewish didn't count. Yeah. And he was, he, uh, David is he's a, a very fine stand-up comedian, although he doesn't do much of that, but he's also quite the polemicist. Yes. Um, and it's a very finely argued book. Yes, it really uh, is. It really yes. is. And it's a quick read. You can do it in about 90 minutes. It is. And I would beg people to do it. I was, I was, I, it was one of those books where I was shouting yes, yes, yes at the page because, you know, there, we did have a particular uh, leader of the Labour Party who I'll just go with... Um, at the very least, made anti-Semites feel they were welcome, yeah. and I had a shitty time for three years on social media. Yeah. Um, and was that the first time? Well, no, no. It was it not the first time, time I experienced anti-Semitism, but it was the most intense it's ever been in my life. 
how and and the very notion when you were however or 15 20 25 that you would have got to that age and been confronted with that level of anti-semitism i couldn't believe what i was saying yeah it was, it was absolutely extraordinary and god knows you know there are um, much more jewish people than i am but if there's anything to make you feel like you're practically a frummer in a felt cap with ringlets it's anti-semitism um made me be as jewish as i needed to be yeah 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 and with that there's nothing more I could possibly add to that. Perfectly put. Make sure you read that book. It's so, so yeah. good. David Baddiel, Jews don't count. Um, oh, running out of time. All right. Uh, look, you go need on. to go to the last three purchases yes, that's because I did this for you. That's what I'm going to Did you actually? Have you actually have oh, you changed your... All right, no, so here we go. I didn't change anything, Tom. I didn't change anything. So listen, we are getting towards the end of this fabulous episode uh, of My Mate Bottle Toaster with Jay Rayner. And uh, we get to 2022, September 2022, which is in fact, of course, where we are right now. And uh, you ordered on the... 5th of September <laughs> from the company Celebrity Cutouts Jay Rayner Half Body Buddy Cutout this is extraordinary this is <laughs> this is a cutout of Jay Rayner you look really old in that photo you look much older in this photo than you do in real life what's happened here what filter have they used I just want to point out that I only got the half cutout not the full one because buying the full one would be ridiculous don't you think <laughs> Yeah, that would be uh, weird. That would be weird. That'd yeah, be yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find the half one is fine. Well, and uh, when I logged on, there were only fifteen left, so I didn't want to risk it. <laughs> what's the What's the plan with this? What are you going to do with this? You should leave it in the hallway in your house, and people will think you're just up all night you know, looking out the window. Look, I'll be absolutely honest. Um, you'll also find an inflatable Zimmer frame. Yes, a granny blow-up inflatable Zimmer frame and a flamingo head, a pink flamingo headband. This is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other birds were available, but I thought the flamingo spoke to me. As to the inflatable Zimmer frame, I uh, I had a hip replacement a year ago, and I thought I ought to get in training for old age. As it, right. I'll, I'll be fifty six by the time this drops. Yeah, and so you know, you don't want to buy a full Zimmer frame. So I thought an inflatable <laughs> Zimmer frame, or alternatively, I worried that my Amazon purchase history was very dull, so I should invest <laughs> in uh, having the best Amazon purchase history of anybody on my mate bought, bought a toaster. So I have to the a, cutout, a life-size cutout of myself, an inflatable Zimmer frame, and a pink flamingo headrest. And I would point out, you could only buy the pink flamingo headset yes. in pairs. I've got two oh, of them. Oh, you've got two of them. And now they're going to arrive at your house, and your yeah. family are going to say, why? And you're going to be like, I did a podcast, so they're there. Well, my wife did. Pat came up and said, <laughs> what are these purchases? And I went, Doing a podcast. <laughs> you haven't brought them with you. I haven't and, brought them with you. Unbelievable. No, um, but I'll tell you what, Tom. Mm. When this does drop, yes. you can tell me and I will do a cracking photograph to promote it. Please. Next to a cutout of myself. Yes. And, and can I point out, the <sighs> cutout of myself isn't cheap, is it? I did actually... The Jay Rayner cutout is... What? <laughs> that is literally more than I'm paying you to come and do this today to the tune of £24.99 more. That is £24.99 on, yeah. your, on yourself. Yeah, I, I hope everybody's gathered that you're not paying me at yeah, all. Yeah, you're not paying a pay. Uh, well, yeah. to be fair, though, the vodka. Come on, yeah, the that's, Tom vodka. That's true. Um... I mean, the full the full body one would have been forty eight. Um, <laughs> it's because you're such a large man. That's because you're so large tall. That's I don't know why they make this. I did. This isn't one of those things that you commission and then they make. It is yeah, available yeah. online. A full cutout. So you can play Master Chef at home, and you've got the panel. I don't know. Do you want to search to see if there's a Grace Dent cutout? <laughs> if there is. <laughs> If there is, I'm ordering one on your account right now. Okay. Um, so uh, very quickly before we finish, Jay, yeah. Rainer, hip operation. Yeah. Uh, everything go all right there? That's interesting. 
No, it went great. It's a great. Op- I mean, no, it, it's an interesting operation. Um, it's from doing too many steps. Well, I thought it was. Although, so the, uh, the guy who did it, the surgeon who did it, Marcus, great, uh, one of the, one of the leads in the field. Here's here's another part: of the privilege of a, a very sort of expensive upbringing, childhood, mm. with lots of other kids who went to private schools. They they all grow up to do proper jobs, right? So did you just and, WhatsApp a friend and say, "I'll take you for dinner if you fix my hip"? Well, no, I did pay. Believe me, uh, well, not him actually. He did give it to me anyway. <laughs> um, but you know, the the old gang I said was that um, it was just like it was when we were sixteen, except that now he got me to sign a form before he would give me narcotics. <laughs> um, I recommend if you need a hip replacement. And can get it, mm. and I understand that there are massive waiting lists. And it's horrible. I'm afraid I, I paid for it in the end. Mm. Um, it is a brilliant operation. It is routine, but it is significant. Yes, because the hip pain is agonising. Hip it? pain is agonising, but the, the the thing about the operation is it is a major operation, mm. but it is just a routine major operation. Yes, and for the first two weeks, my body was going, Jesus, things happened to you. Wow, and you yes. were just occasionally, uh, my, uh, my body would close down in the afternoon. Right. Um, but w- w- the most amazing thing to me was uh, as I recovered, I'm now pretty much 18 months on. Yeah. Um, I'd thought that I'd just started walking more slowly because I was old. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it turned out that was the first symptom was my walking, my walking speed had slowed down okay. before any pain. Because your hips were tightening up. I don't know what was going on, but before the pain, the symptom was slowness and I'd become sort of slightly shuffly. And now... Look at me go, babe. Look at me go. Exactly. Thank God to see you in such fine fettle, Jay. And if anything else goes wrong with your body, you've now got a spare cardboard body. Yes, I have got a card, and I can send that to to gigs, and nobody will notice. No, well, that's fine. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Jay Rayner, you are a superstar. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been fantastic chat. Um, You've got a podcast, Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch, available wherever you get your podcasts. I take famous people uh, to nice restaurants, put the microphones up, and um, we talk. New series coming... I don't know when this is going to drop, but we're October the 18th, 2022. Very soon to when this will come out. Yes, yeah. Nice. So uh, got some great guests, Lol Khan and Marina Hyde from The Guardian, which I suspect oh, is going to be amazing. the two of us taking each other's wash again, uh, <laughs> talking about the business of writing columns. That's going to be nice. Uh, and chewing in between. Colin, uh, Colin Belly Ray and um, Mark Thomas. Okay. Which I'm really looking forward to. Excellent. Because oh, he's a brilliant brilliant comedian indeed yeah uh, Jay thank you very much for coming I can't believe you've drunk all of the Tom Vodka during this recording <laughs> well I, I was you know confessing to a lot of stuff and <laughs> I needed a bit of I knew something. we'd get more out of you if we yeah. got you drunk uh, thank you that was brilliant thank you oh, thank you so much it's my mate it's my mate Jay Rayner on My Mate Bought a Toaster. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the bit at the end where I say the same thing every week, but in a variety of ways. Please support the podcast. If you can, have a look at patreon.com slash toasterpod. From as little as £3 a month, uh, you can support the pod and you can get early ad-free episodes. Only three quid. It makes a massive difference. Thank you, thank you if you get a chance to do that. Um, also, give us a subscribe. Give us a review if you, if you really have got more than a minute Write a review on your podcast app because a good review uh, is just worth its weight in gold, even though technically it's an online bit of writing and actually its gold weight is probably zero. You get the point. Uh, Next week, I'm going to be interviewing Stephen Bailey. Very funny man. Looking forward to that. And that episode will be up very, very soon uh, on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash toasterpod. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is quite enough of that. See you next week. Bye-bye. Patreon, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash toasterpod. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.